Hey everyone, welcome to In It for the Long Haul. My name's Lexi. And I'm Zeke. And we are so glad to have you back for another week of drama, love, and a new city. I was really, really confused about where we were going. It was a total mystery to me. I had no idea until it was repeated 27 times by each of the men. Thank goodness. Wait. Minneapolis! Oh gosh. I was about to say, where are they? Where did they go? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> it's it's really crazy. I mean, we only talk about it every other sentence. The fact that we're now in Minnesota. Yeah. We love to see it. I think that Minnesota is going to bring a lot of new adventures for the guys. I think that it gives Michelle a huge advantage of actually figuring out if her relationships can last in the real world because she is in the real world, at least physically. I mean, I don't foresee anybody who ends up with Michelle convincing her to move anywhere else. So for all intents and purposes, they will be in Minneapolis after this completes. So seeing who she really clicks with in this environment is more telling than almost anything else. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I don't like, obviously, because they have the opportunity to to travel to Minneapolis this season and the last few, they haven't gone anywhere. It seems like they're really putting a lot of Michelle's identity into Minnesota, especially compared to the last few leads. I don't, like, I don't, I guess I could tell you that like Katie is from Seattle and they did like a fake Seattle date, but that wasn't like her identity wasn't like, Oh, Seattle. Um, and so I think that it's interesting to see the dynamic of a lead who seems to have a lot, or at least the way they're portraying it is that her, a lot of her identity is wrapped up in the place that she lives. And certainly for the show, I mean, especially you know, everyone's favorite, um, paradise man, Joe, um, what's his last name? Uh, grocer Joe, duh. Uh, you know, where he lives is a big sticking point for, was a big sticking point for him and Kendall. And so, uh, it's definitely an interesting dynamic that they bring into the show, especially since we know that most of these people probably want to live either in New York or in LA. We'll see if they're willing to sacrifice their career prospects as influencers for love. I don't really know that many famous influencers from Minnesota, but they could be the first. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Twin Cities is is a burgeoning market. Um, very hip. You and... got Target. You got <laughs> um, Target, General Mills. <laughs> Target Field. Yes, you got a lot of sports for sure. So you never know what's going to happen. But anyway, she's done everything in Minnesota. Everybody's in Minnesota. She had her first kiss in Minnesota. Um, She got baptized there. She probably won the spelling bee. Everything has happened in Minnesota. If you didn't know, it's all there. So, (laughs) oh, sure. So the guys land in Minnesota and we see Michelle having a little aside with her parents who now are going to become a part of this process. I'm sure there's going to be 
some sort of date with them at some point, um, which I'm really excited about because they're so lovable. What's the deal with her getting to hang out with her parents midway through the season? That, um, I, you know, I guess maybe with the disasters that some of the last couple seasons have been, maybe they've decided, hey, maybe we need to like halfway through the season, let the lead kind of like touch ground with their parents, get back into a good headspace before the home stretch so that, it, so that they don't spiral, spiral at the end. Um, I think this is BS. I don't think that she should be allowed to see her parents. That's not part of it. Well, it's all about contract negotiation, my friend. And that would be negotiated <laughs> into my contract. Yeah, and no kidding. I mean, think about what could have changed in past seasons if Barb had a voice earlier oh, on gosh. in the process or if Aunt Lindsay had the chance to control a group date and choose the winner. I mean, really, the the potential outcomes are endless but see that's what the that's what hometowns and the finale are for is you get to the very end and then it kind of you get good drama because you know the family doesn't like one of the people or or the guy the contestant's family doesn't think that you know their child is ready for marriage so i i don't know i i mean i'm sure it's fine I just, it's fun to, to be a contrarian about it. Um, and it's just different. So they're doing a lot of stuff differently. I think this season, it's going pretty well. It feels every, we haven't had any cliffhangers. We've had no canceled rose ceremonies. It's been perfect. We've had a perfectly like scheduled out season, which has been so nice. Very predictable. Another very predictable um aspect of this season is the fact that she's having the same meal with her parents that she had the first time we saw her with her parents it's literally the same they're outside enjoying food around a picnic table it probably could have been filmed at the same time you never know maybe that's not the same meal though that's the same setting okay well (laughs) who knows that's an investigation for me but the men make it to Minnesota. I guess the fashion there is to wear skinny jeans because they all come out in their best skinnies, and it's looking pretty good. I think they can all really pull it off. Um, but they meet her in the middle of town, and it's like the main town square. I don't know. You're the Minnesota expert. Well, I think it's Minneapolis, and I don't know anything about Minneapolis. Mm. I've spent very little time there. I've spent most of my time up there in St. Paul. You have a preferred twin city. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and they blur out a statue, which this I... This was... was so bizarre. <laughs> Do you know what statue it is? No. And what I'm wondering is, so in the Twin Cities, um, what's his name? Uh, Charles Schwartz, I think is his name. Um, we can fact check this as we go. Um, Charles Schwartz is the creator of Peanuts and in the Twin Cities since like, I don't know, it's probably been the last 20 years. They've had this like series of Snoopy sculptures all through the city. I I know St. Paul. I don't know if this is the case in Minneapolis. So it could have been that and they can't show it on TV for some reason. I have no idea. Um, it kind of looked like it could have been in the shape of like a Snoopy statue, but I I don't know. I don't know what this was. This is very strange. It's like, it's a public piece of art. You can't show that on TV. Trademarks, man. Who knows? Maybe it was a compromising statue. 
um, some sort of body part that needed to be censored, like they censor the men. But of course, for all of you that are on the Rosecast League, um, earning points for what your contestant picks do, kissing the bachelorette, whatever it might be, one of the ways you can earn points is if a body part is censored. And because it was a statue and not a contestant, nobody got points for that last night. So that was my biggest disappointment. Yeah. Uh, a slight correction. It's Charles Schulz. There's no. It's S C H U L Z. There's no T in there. Uh, it's not Schultz. It's Schulz. So. Wow. My I, bad. I honestly didn't know that either. So we've got a lot of conversation going around in the house about what we think Michelle is going to do starting out um, in Minneapolis. So Nate feels like she was really on him about stepping up to give her attention um, and just really not going above and beyond like she knows he's capable of. So he really wants to prove himself in um, this, you know, first week in Minneapolis, show him that he's really here for her. Uh, Clayton feels like he's starting to come out of his shell, have an opportunity to um, be vulnerable um and you know it takes a lot for a massive man to come out of his shell i mean he's got to have been trying to break that shell for (laughs) for years there's so many layers there ha 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 but now he's finally here um and brandon thinks he's gonna get this one-on-one but alas it goes to none of the three men that they interviewed no surprise she decides to give it to the one man who already knows the city of minneapolis like the back of his hand. Who? Joe. Minnesota Joe. But Alu definitely is saying what we're all thinking. Joe already knows the city. He's got a big advantage being from Minnesota himself. And so the fact that she's taking him on the first date in Minneapolis, they're going to be able to connect on all of these shared experience and shared history and now the shared present. So I love Olu and his savage takes. I mean, I feel like after the distribution of every one-on-one for the past few episodes, Olu always has something to say about who's picked and what he really believes that person's intentions are or what's going to happen because they were selected. I, I just love it. Yeah, Olu's been a savage. Um, I think that this kind of shows that Michelle was keeping in mind when selecting her one-on-one selections that they were going to be going back to Minnesota. And so you get the two top dogs who get their one-on-one dates when they go back to Minnesota. And that's certainly not a coincidence. She was saving uh, their one-on-one dates for when they could be back in her hometown. And I mean, it's clear, Joe and Nate, front runners. I stand by, I stand by my boy, Rick. Um, I think that we're going to see some shakeup at the end. And I think he's going to pull through. So we'll have to see. Uh, It's a bold pick, but you got to go high risk, high reward. You know what I'm saying? I don't doubt your choices. I'm ready to see him rise to the top, honestly. So they start off their date by going to Target Field. And they're throwing out the first pitch at this Twins game. There's really nobody in attendance at this point. Well, there never (laughs) is at the beginning. But it seems like something they would advertise. I don't know. No. I, no. No, okay. they don't. I mean, you know, we 
we've gone to a couple baseball games together now and you know me I like to get there plenty early I like to see all the festivities be there in the stadium when they're doing all the stuff and yeah like you never know who's going to be there throwing out the first pitch you never know if it's going to be some like old timer of the team or some local celebrity or just like some local businessman they don't announce it I mean I don't think it's publicized and if they because if they did I mean you know people would be like big fans of the show would be like waiting around the stadium to like try to find them and get autographs and stuff and pictures and they can't have that true abc man they really keep it on lock so he ends up striking out and that striking well out? throwing a pitch that would strike out the batter that's called a strike. He throws a strike. He throws Or a she does. No, she's the one she, who throws oh, it. Oh, okay. So and she like it wasn't really a strike, but it was in the it was in the vicinity of the plate and it didn't hit the ground, which is good. It's, you know, it's a bad show if you throw the ball and it hits the ground. But, you know, it was the strike, quote unquote, that they were looking for so that they could have a kiss on the field. And, of course, they do. And that's all that matters, right? That's what the people are looking for. But let's hope he doesn't strike out. For the rest of the one-on-one date. Okay, go home. <laughs> so we get to have a little bit of high school musical going on with a visit back to her high school. She remembers where her locker is, which is just crazy. I cannot remember where my locker is for the life of Yeah, me. same here. I have no idea. But we've got all this memorabilia <laughs> displayed of her. And yes, I know she was Miss Basketball for Minnesota. Runner-up. No, um, no, Joe was the runner-up. No, she was the runner-up. Oh, he was right. Mr. Basketball. She was the runner-up. We're going to need to fact-check this. I guarantee that that is the case. We don't even need to fact-check. Okay, okay. Which is still impressive either way. For sure. But, like, they definitely got this memorabilia out of the storage closet to display because there's no way that they have enough room to have all of these. No, I disagree. If well, you have a... <laughs> mrs minnesota like if you have the second best best basketball player in your state like you're gonna have your memorabilia in the halls of your high school for like probably at least 10 years listen i was the state champion of speech and debate and i don't even know if my plaque's still up well here's the thing not to not to (laughs) talk down on speech and debate go there (laughs) but people care more about basketball or more people care more about basketball than care about speech and debate. It's just more popular. Well, we know that Michelle and Joe obviously care about basketball. And they go into the gym, shoot some hoops. I was waiting for this moment. I knew it would come. What, is this like the third time that they've played basketball together? I mean, that's really the extent of their relationship, right? Um, but they decide to have a deeper conversation on the bleachers. And Michelle kind of asks Joe... If he has always been more of a reserved person, just kind of calm and not really showing emotion. And he says, you know, yeah, he was raised that way. His dad didn't really show a lot of emotion. And um, again, I would be concerned if a guy told me this. But this is the second time Michelle has heard something like this on her season. And again, she responds really positively and almost welcomes it. And even compares him to her dad and her brother who are don't really show a lot of emotion and are kind of calming presence in her life. And she really likes that about them. So definitely not a deal breaker for her. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I think that it's interesting to see 
Um, I mean, I think that there's some ways in which Michelle goes against a lot of like the tropes of, or maybe not the tropes, but like kind of the typical bachelorette where I think that you tend to see, you know, the bachelorette being like, you know, are you able, are you going to be able to let your walls down and show emotion? Uh, Cause that's where I am at. But I think Michelle is in a position where um, I don't, I mean, it's, I think related to being an athlete and focused on that and just kind of some of the like cultural norms of athletics that she's in a similar place to a lot of these guys. And so of course, um, that's one of like the, the mental, um, emotional part of sports is a big deal, um, when it comes to like forming who you are. And so I think that she can relate to that a lot better than, you know, maybe some bachelorettes would, uh, anything else about this one-on-one? No. All right. Um, back at the hotel, Chris has noticed that the one-on-one dates are really important. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Um, Chris, no duh, Chris. Um, he clearly didn't receive the notes packet that Ryan made, or Ryan's friend's <laughs> wife made. Yeah, he should have. He should have paid attention, or maybe like watched the show once ever. But we get the group date card. Um, On this group date card, of course, everyone is looking to not hear their name so that they get the next one-on-one. But the group date card, we get Casey, Rodney, Martin, Leroy, Rick, Clayton, Olu, Chris, and Brandon. Um, Of course, this is the one-on-one date that Nate has had in the bag this whole time. Oh, in the bag. Yes, he's had it in the bag. Um, And the date card reads, meet me at the stadium. Um, you know, Chris is disappointed. He thought that he went on a limb last week and thought that she appreciated it and thought that, you know, maybe this was his time for a one-on-one date. Uh, and you know, uh, Chris is absolutely delusional this whole episode. Um, you know, hard to say exactly why or what's going on inside of his brain or how much he's just doing what the producers tell him, but you know, it's entertaining to say the least. He got the short end of the stick and he is the short sh- end of the stick. He's short. He is short, especially next to Nate, who is his arch nemesis. And I think that, that would ruffle my feathers <laughs> if I was him. Well, I'm pretty sure that like she's taller than him, probably. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen them next to each other, but he's like I don't think he's above six foot, and she's like 5'11". It's just not working, and he's jealous of Nate's, like, one earring look. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's tough. So after this little outburst, we return back to the one-on-one date with Joe and Michelle, and things start getting deeper in the nighttime portion of the date. Joe opens up about his journey and his sports career and how he had a botched surgery on his foot that really messed things up and affected his performance to where even though he was able to go back to playing basketball it really was never the same and that got in his head and he mentions that he even considered committing suicide because of how um just draining and difficult this was on his life and um, just his perception of himself because basketball was everything to him and if he couldn't perform like he was able to in the past it really affected how he thought of himself and his worth and so this is the first time we start to see 
Joe get really emotional and after having mentioned earlier in the day that he's not really an emotional person I think that this means even more that he's showing those feelings and it certainly really touches Michelle we see her tear up and again she is so good at being able to listen intently to someone's story and then make them feel comfortable and affirmed for having shared it and just really connect with them even though she hasn't had those same experiences herself and I just think that this is another example of that yeah I would say especially I mean we're always comparing leads to each other um I I think compared to the the leads that I've seen she is doing a really good job at um what's the word like I think that there's a sense in which the the tough stories that the contestants tell can kind of just be this like magic ticket to a rose where you know you tell the story it's really sad the lead cries and you almost it's almost like it's not like a sympathy rose but it's just like there's nothing it's just almost like your goal is to make the lead cry and feel bad for you but I think Michelle does a much better job at like actually listening like you said listening well and responding in a way that's like empathetic and not just like oh this is so sad and I'm crying and I'm gonna give you the and kiss you and give you the rose now it's I think it can be one of the upsides of you know being in kind of the pressure that athletes are in where in tough moments they have to be composed and not like lose their uh lose their cool and keep their emotions in check I think that like is really helping her here um as she is able to kind of navigate these difficult stories that she's hearing um and listen well and not just like let them cause her to break down and you don't really get any deeper than just oh here's the sad story um, she doesn't like, she has some, she definitely has sad stories, but she's not always just like meeting them with like an equal or, or greater story. Um, and so I think that that it's, it's really good to see. I totally agree. They seem to really connect, um, after this and they share a kiss that is just really affectionate and deep. I, wrote kiss just in all caps yeah michelle says kissing joe is always great but tonight was something special uh wow like this is um you know i I think that people were saying that you know this felt like a finale that they were having their last date before engagements and um you know i have my reservations i suspect that there may be some things that happen i don't know anything but just based on my read i mean it it feels too easy it feels too good to be true maybe it's not i mean you always get clarendale i mean that that like in the season early because of how you know it ends up being it does end up being good too good to be true but um in their case but yeah i'm I'm kind of hoping that for the sake of entertainment and drama, obviously not for their love story, but for the sake of, for our enjoyment, I hope that, you know, there's some stuff that comes up that makes us less straightforward than it feels right now. She really feels like they've been living in close proximity to each other for so long, but tonight they really saw each other and they were brought together, which again, very dramatic statement. 
And the next day, she even says that she's smiling from her date with Minnesota Joe. So at this point, she has definitely connected him to Minnesota, which we have connected Minnesota to Michelle's identity. So therefore, by the law of syllogism, Michelle and Joe are connected to a point where few can really break that. It's a deep connection that we're seeing right now, all revolving around basketball in Minnesota like we knew it would. So... Yeah, the the quote that kind of wraps up that nighttime date is that she she says, I feel like we have two souls living next to each other for so long and we were brought together tonight. I mean, that quote with the quote about the kiss, I mean, just just end the show. Go home. You've got you pick Joe. I mean, this those are some quotes for sure. So the next day, we have the guys showing up to the group date at the Vikings football stadium. So now that we've used both of Minnesota's sports complexes in one episode, I don't know what we're going to do in subsequent dates. Oh, I don't know. Like, maybe go to the other one. It's not like hockey doesn't exist. Come on. Oh, I totally don't know these things. Well, it's Minnesota. Of course, there's hockey. But the big ones. The big ones. The Vikings uh, and Hockey twins, is that's huge, huge in Minnesota. Okay, okay. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> so... Um, also, don't forget about the Timberwolves. Oh, is that basketball? Yeah, and I think they also have a soccer team, MLS. Well, listen, I'm telling you, Twins and Vikings are the ones I know, which means those are the ones everybody else knows. Well, but that doesn't mean that's the only thing that exists. I know, but self-centered they, much. They exhausted a lot of resources. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Period. Yeah, I mean, I would say that football is the most like watch sport biggest industry and then baseball is the best sport so it is the two most important probably (laughs) thanks for your expert opinion this is this is i'm the sports expert as the man (laughs) oh you guys (laughs) i mean in this couple that happens to be true maybe not in every situation (laughs) all right what do you have on this date Well, they clearly didn't exhaust all their resources because they can't get any Vikings players to show up. Uh, Instead, they have real Vikings or somebody that's in a Viking club. I don't know how these guys. These are just some middle-aged, rotund dudes, you know, wearing some some high school level Vikings costumes. But they're really hamming it up. They they are invested in these roles. They are, but the guys are not happy it's so it's so cheesy it's so cheesy they (laughs) don't even crack a single smile they're They're like laughing at it they're no they're literally like standing there like stone faced they're so mad no there was a couple shots of like a couple of them like laughing at how ridiculous the situation was oh that they're at this like renaissance fair in a football stadium they seemed really mad to me there were a couple shots that i'm thinking of in my brain so well, they get to join the fun and dress up as Vikings themselves. And, of course, the buff ones get to show off all their features. And the Chris ones get to show <laughs> off their ridiculousness with a horse's ASS. Yeah, I think the quote was um, that um, he, you know, last night Chris was being a horse's ass. Now he has a horse's ass. And... uh this was, uh, I think, the most I've laughed um, at this show or about with this show uh, in the entire time I've been watching it. Um, you know, he puts on, it's essentially a centaur costume because he's 
got his body coming up out of the horse's legs in the back end and they have this great shot they've got the fog machine rolling they've they're coming out of the tunnel and all the guys are running out in their viking costumes and chris is running best he can in this costume and it turns out that the way that he has to run it turns it into this little like pony canter that he's doing and it is just so funny i was dying laughing you were sitting next to me watching and i you can attest to this i was doubled over in laughter this is the funniest thing i've ever seen on this show uh and it couldn't have happened to a better guy (laughs) it was really good especially after he said you know i'm gonna kill the state because i'm chris and they're the other guys and then you've got all the other guys dressed up as real vikings and he's got a horse's ass yeah and he i mean he proceeds to then do nothing on this date he all the other guys are taken to heart what happened on the last group date where they ignored her and they were stealing little moments and chris just sat on the side and pouted the whole time yeah he was ready to write a bad yelp review about this whole experience yeah they um you know they start the date out of course any any viking competition date you got to start out by practicing your like war yell guttural scream as vikings do and you know it's hit or miss some of the guys they were good but then we get clayton and i was like genuine if i would have been one of the guys there i might have been startled uh clayton comes out i mean he's a huge guy he comes out and I, it was genuinely like a lion's roar. I mean, the, the equivalent, the human equivalent of a lion's roar is what Clayton did. And it was frightening. Um, I would never want to be on the wrong side of Clayton if he was angry. Not a good spot to be. Um, and yeah, so the, you know, there's a, the first part of the competition is that they've got to feast up. They got to get ready for the physical aspects of the competition and so because all Scandinavian food is disgusting, they um, bring out a bunch of gross stuff for them to eat. They've got these like raw looking fishes. I would not be touching those. Uh, they've got like mincemeat cakes or pies or whatever those are, um, like brain and heart stuff. I don't know. Gross, gross stuff that they're supposed to eat. They were, they added in these like crunchy sound effects for the fish. Um, those fish wouldn't have been crunchy. Um, and we see Chris saying like three times in a row, like, oh, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. And, you know, cut to him interviewing with the cameras is Louisiana boys only eat good seafood. And, you know, Chris is just a butthead. No one likes Chris. He's being the worst on this date. Um, I don't know. It's bad. I also would not want to be on a date where you ate nasty food, which I feel like has been a reoccurring theme in the past few seasons as like one of the group dates but he really is just trying to compound all of the issues going on with his displeasure of how Michelle has been orchestrating things and we all know that the real enemy here is the producers if Chris S wants to fight anyone it's the producers but alas no no he is being egged on by the producers we all know this is how this works he is in a vicious cycle and he doesn't know that those prompting him are those controlling him for sure but they get to some physical competition they throw this big heavy log 
I don't know if the rule is that it's where it lands or it's where it rolls to. I don't know. They don't really crown a winner of that. Um, and they have an arm wrestling competition. Um, you know, I really wanted to see our, our two big strong guys, Clayton and Olu, face off. But really, it's just a bunch of mismatches. I mean, Clayton got to go against... Um, I don't even remember at this point. But he... Um, gosh, who was it? Maybe, maybe Brandon. I don't know. It was a bunch of mismatches, not even like no great ones. It wasn't a tournament. Uh, and that was basically it. Um, then they line the guys up and they crown, uh, Clayton, the one true Viking, which was appropriate. Um, anything else would have been an absolute farce. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, it was an interesting date. I think, you know, I think the guys, especially the ones who like played football, like Clayton probably thought they were going to be meeting some Vikings players, you know, even if they were not particularly famous ones, uh, and throw football around, but instead they had to eat some nasty fish, throw log, arm wrestle each other. A little bit of a bummer if you had these guys that they couldn't pull out some actual football players. And Chris S is the most bummed of all. He says there's got there's some things he needs to share with Michelle. And so we head into the group date and all the guys are underdressed while Michelle sports the most beautiful sparkling green dress ever. But it's fine. Um, And she immediately grabs Clayton to get the night going. Yeah, he, um, you know, he tells her he knew that he needed to show out after that last group date. Um, and I think that he, that date was probably designed for him. Um, you know, that was something that he was clearly going to shine in. Um, you know, he asked Michelle, have you always been this confident? And, you know, they chat back and forth and, you know, Clayton thinks that they have some chemistry and, you know, I think they probably do. Obviously we know he won't win this season. Um, but you know, I think that we start to see a little bit of, of Clayton and, start to get a little excited about him as the bachelor. Um, his smile is like huge and pretty electric. I I'm into it. And yeah, I think we like Clayton. We do like Clayton. M I Z. Uh, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Z O U. Um, you know, Brandon, oh man, we get this great moment where they're finished. They have a, what I would refer to as a deep kiss where they're sticking their tongues down each other's throats. They're going after it. And Brandon comes in and they stop like a couple of teenagers getting caught. And he's got this, this, his little smirk on his face about the whole situation. And Clayton and him have a little interaction and it's just, it's awkward. It's hilarious. I, the, the episodes on this season have just been getting funnier and funnier. We were laughing so much on Tuesday night. Um, and it was just so great. I mean, this was the best like interruption um, or steal or whatever since Katie tapped Mari on the shoulder with her dildo um, or vibrator, whatever it was. Um, and yeah, it, it was so good. Um, but, you know, Brandon was not a fan of the fish, but he really soldiered through and Michelle recognized that and rewarded him for this by bringing him some, some additional Nordic fish to eat, but the red type, the candy. And, you know, he, he appreciated that. And I think that they also got a good kiss as well. I just am not a fan of Brandon because he's just so 
like oh juvenile he's hilarious he just has different style and it, it is like it is it, it comes across as being yeah a little bit less like mature and refined um but it's i i could see why she's keeping him around like i don't think that this is like a mystery i think it's just a, a preference and taste uh i think he definitely like again i think he does come across as like maybe less mature uh as the other guys um but I see the appeal. I see the appeal there. I don't think it's crazy. Uh, and he seems nice. He's not doing any villainous things. Um, you know, I think this maybe would be more interesting if she really liked him and he was maybe a little bit of a sneaky boy. Um, but I think he's just having fun and he's kind of goofy and uh, kind of, you know, does his own thing. And he's young and that, that makes sense. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that um he'll last he'll probably make it to the next episode after this one we'll see so after their makeout sesh the guys confront chris about his outburst at the previous date or rose ceremony and just about whether or not he thinks he's seen progress and guys stepping up and really giving their attention to michelle yeah, I mean, I don't have much on this. They're just talking about it and giving him trouble about it. And, you know, he's just, you know, kind of trying to brush it off. But this is clearly spiraling for, for Chris. They're setting this up for some drama at the end of the episode. Um, but after this, then we kind of go back to the house. We've got the two front runners just kind of kicking it. And Joe brings out the date card for Nate. Um and the the day card says that Michelle's looking for a man who isn't afraid to test out the waters. Um, so what could this possibly be in the land of 10,000 lakes? Good question. I forgot we were even in Minnesota because we hadn't talked about it for a few seconds. But I think one thing um, I noticed is that it feels like Joe was reading the date card to Nate from him. Like he just had this really flirty and romantic reading voice it's just you can tell that they're bros um i just thought it was really funny oh he's just playing the role i love <laughs> but it. no they are these guys seem really close uh casey who's been elected the foreman of the group um he he thinks that chris is acting weird he thinks he's unsettled um and you know for some reason i you know this is i'm sure intentional um, but kind of flabbergasting that there's not more of an effort made on Chris's part. He doesn't get any time with Michelle. He's the only one we learn who does not get to a time in the nighttime portion of the date to talk to Michelle. And he doesn't really talk to her at all during the, during the daytime portion. And so, um, he talks to her after, or he, he's talking to the camera after, after Clayton gets the, the group date rose. And he seems to think that Michelle should have checked on him and you know he said I'm not being my usual fun and goofy self which we've seen no evidence of the self of him being fun and goofy and he seems to think that because of this Michelle should have noticed this among the 10 other guys who she's way more interested in and checked up on him and he's delusional it's he's not crazy. how it works it's not how it works not how it works the preferences needs and desires of the contestants will never be as important as the lead don't you know these things chris 
Yeah. To be fair, I think we have seen some goofy parts of him. Last week, he was like dancing around in one of the living rooms at the resort in his button down and tidy whities Yeah, this is true. And that was fun. Yeah. But, I mean, he is not the class clown in a way that's like super noticeable nor should he really be joking around in a group date setting anyway so I don't think that there is that much for Michelle to really go off of to notice that something's wrong but also use your words Chris and get up and say hey I have something to talk with you about um because she's juggling a lot and she can't you know really um keep tabs on everyone all at once they have to be willing to share with her and open up as well yeah um uh, time for nate's nate's lake date um say that five times fast um they go to lake minnetonka and you know they're kicking out on a pontoon going around um really enjoying the water um you know this makes me miss summer getting out on the lake on the cool of the water in the warm weather and instead, now it's cold outside and dreary, and it gets dark early. But anyway, Michelle reveals that it is her dream to have a house on the lake. Isn't it all of our dream, Michelle? Yeah. It really is. Um, but Michelle knows that, and she's thinking about how Chris mentioned Nate as someone who thought that he had it in the bag. Um, and sorry for our bad accent, but that's how he says it. He He must... Well, I think he is probably originally from Canada, but he lives in Austin now. I don't know. There's no way. There's no way that someone who's born and raised in Texas says beg. There's no way. Um, But anyway, so she is, you know, at least pretending to be a little bit concerned about this. And so she brings her two best friends to interrogate him on the boat where he can't even get away. They're stuck on the middle of the water in this boat. So they come on and interrogate him. Um, you know, they're asking him about the other guys, about who he likes, who he doesn't like. Uh, and he handles this really well. I mean, he is diplomatic. He, I don't even think he mentions names. I think he finally like capitulates to this line of questioning and says that there's this one guy who's giving me a hard time, but, um, he's, he's playing his cool self. He's not too concerned about what's, what the other guys are, the other stunts that the other guys are pulling. And, you know, I think that it's, he really, he walks this fine line of confidence and cockiness i think sometimes he steps off and is into cockiness a little bit um but i mean if you're michelle i think that you've got got to like his confidence and the i mean you see contestants on the show just get so flustered and so in their heads about situations and oh no i'm not getting enough time like nate is not really falling for these things and you know i think that it's it's nice to see. I think there's been some things on this season that have been refreshing to see compared to past seasons. Uh, and it's just been great. I think it feels, um, I mean, I've only really seen one like classic episode being Sean or season that being Sean Lowe's. And it feels a little bit more like one of those where we have like the schedules on track. You've got some more mature contestants and, and all that. So, um, you know, I think Nate, Nate seems to have passed the test so far i think he handles that pretty well um but michelle still is thinks that she's going to ask him some hard questions over dinner and you know i think that 
something that really surprised me in all this is that she even says in front of Nate and her friends that after one of their interactions a few weeks back or whatever, she is finding herself getting choked up and like tears swelling in her eyes as he's walking away because like tears of happiness because it was such a good interaction and she's feeling so deeply for him. And so that admission is huge and really telling about her feelings for him. So I am just thinking that after this date, even just half of the date with Nate and then her whole date with Joe, like there's really little competition for these guys. It's just so obvious. Yeah, I mean, we have clearly two frontrunners um, again. Still holding out for my boy Rick, but we'll have to see. Uh, Chris thinks that his warning fell on deaf ears. He's still going on about this, and but he thinks he'll be vindicated sooner or later. He thinks that his warnings about Nate will be borne out uh, by Nate's actions. Chris thinks his warning has fallen on deaf ears. Uh, he's still going on about this, uh, but he thinks he'll be vindicated sooner or later. He thinks that Nate is going to show his true colors to her or something. I don't know. He uh, is just still going on about this. Um, but yeah, back on the date, Michelle and and Nate are, you know, getting into some conversation. She shares about her toxic relationship that she was in for about three years and how she was giving everything that she had and just wasn't receiving any attention in return and how it was making her physically ill because she was so anxious about this relationship and how nothing she could do could put her um and her boyfriend on steady ground and so I think this is one of the first times we see Michelle kind of overtake the nighttime portion of a one-on-one date and share from her perspective um but Nate reassures her that in their relationship, she will feel seen and loved and her effort will be reciprocated. So it's a big opportunity for him to really market himself as um, not only someone who would not give her anxiety, but her best option and somebody who really recognizes her needs. And I think that that's important for him to use this opportunity to say that because Michelle has specifically been looking at him um, for not really stepping up on group dates and giving her the attention she needs. Chris is really worried about Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) And um, production gives him a ride to the one-on-one location. Unprecedented. I don't know that we've ever seen this before. I don't think I've ever seen this before. There have been a lot of seasons of Bachelor and Bachelorette, so perhaps it has. But they're letting, they're taking him to go confront Michelle so that he can let her know that Nate is just really not the guy for her. Um, so Chris fe- says that he's feeling insecure to be there. This is what he tells Michelle. Um, and he he feels played by the whole situation. Chris is just spitballing here. He knows that he is the 11th man out. Um, And yeah, he again, he just reiterates. He thinks his warning fell on deaf ears. He's saying that she didn't hear him. And 
Um, so not only is she invisible, but she's deaf. Um, and it's just a bad look. It really is. I mean, he's grasping at straws. Uh, the faces that that she and Nate made when he showed up at their dinner uh, was priceless. And really, it's all for naught. This was, you know, so obvious. Chris gets sent home. She just walks him to the escalator. She doesn't even walk him very far. Um, but yeah, Chris gets sent home. Nate gets the rose. And kind of that's that. I mean, we it was a good one-on-one. I think he kind of got grilled a little bit, but I think withstood the pressure and kind of showed that at least for now <laughs> i'm i'm really i'm really hoping it's not just straightforward of a joe and nate final two i hope that things get shook up a little bit but so i'm i'm hedging in how i talk about it but i think he's definitely showing that he's a front runner and that uh, she really likes him i think they they get some fireworks um you know nate says the fireworks is definitely a good way to explain how i feel um and so you know it tells you all you need to know you get some great one-on-one dates um yeah there's this like shot where they're watching fireworks and then it cuts to chris in the limo and he's just looking um defeated and he doesn't even we don't even get a a, a clip from him i mean he doesn't even say anything we just get to, the, to see him uh it would fall on deaf ears if he said anything <laughs> so. maybe he did something we just couldn't hear that's <laughs> in our deaf ears but michelle is starting to fall for nate this is what she says. Um, That's big. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I don't know that she said it in as many words uh, about Joe, but the lines that we got from her about their souls coming together and yeah, I mean. He has it in the big. In the big. Um, but yeah. Anything else on this one-on-one? One, one, one on, anything else <laughs> on this one-on-one date? No, she's just really feeling it. And so I think it would be hard if I was her to focus on the cocktail party after a week of really powerful one-on-one dates. But she shakes things up. And honestly, the cocktail party is kind of structured like a series of miniature one-on-one dates. They get to like go out and explore the downtown part of the city and she starts with rick on a little stroll and there's even someone playing piano and they dance a little bit and you can just tell that they're still riding the high from their one-on-one last week it seems like their connection is still strong so um that's a good way to kind of start off the night yeah rick has a huge grin on his face as soon as she walks in i mean the other guys kind of have just like their default it was funny because he was kind of in the background of a shot and all the other guys just kind of have their kind of default resting faces on listening to what she has to say and he's just grinning away he's so happy to see her i'm happy for rick he seems like he's doing great obviously rick's number one fan over here um but yeah I, i mean i think that's big i think that if you can be the person who is smiling people like it when they see you smiling and Obviously, he's not going home this rose ceremony, but it does get him that first one-on-one time. And yeah, I mean, she didn't like go out of the hotel with all the guys. A couple of them, I think she did. But uh, I was like, whoa, where are they going? They're leaving the whole place. But yeah, they stay close and they stay on the block. But um, yeah, it was great. I think that they, uh, as they're kind of, they kind of montage the rest of the uh, cocktail party and they like a hundred percent pull the same exact quote. It's not even him saying it again. I don't think, I think they just pull the same clip from, uh, before his one-on-one date where he talks about being, you know, never being the tallest, never being the, the most handsome. 
And, and you can tell because the audio sounds different to when they cut to his like uh, interview with the camera that it's they're just pulling that quote again. So that's really bizarre. I thought that they did that. But um, Rodney is definitely they're definitely giving Rodney the underdog edit. And uh, I mean, it, it, it might he might be the, the underdog that goes the farthest ever on the show. I mean, he has been an underdog from day one. Um, not knowing what his, not knowing his apples, uh, in front of a teacher, um, you know, getting some on his one-on-one date, getting the friend zone even mentioned, not, not great, but he seems to be continuing to stay alive against all odds. It would be key for me if he made top two. So we'll see. Uh, there's, there's no way he makes top two. I think he could get a hometown, but we'll see. I think the best part of this night was her interaction with Martin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that I really thought was going to change the course of the entire rose ceremony. But whatever. It was such a letdown. But, man, the tea. And I called this last week that there was more to Martin and there were some suspicious elements about him. And he's just also just not very good at holding his tongue. He lets things slip that really don't sound good. And so he's talking to Michelle and and just kind of talking about how he's really overanalyzing where he is compared to the other men, thinking that, you know, Michelle is really reassuring him and complimenting him and telling him all of these things. But, you know, is she telling the same things to the other guys? Which is like a terrible thing to say. No, I think he says that she he knows that she's telling the same things <laughs> to other guys. So he's worried <laughs> that it's like genuine. So he doesn't know like how he compares. Oh, man. Just not a good look. And so... Yeah, it's tough. Um, anyway, they move past that conversation and then they kind of get into more, um, deep waters where he's saying that, um, you know, Michelle is just really easy to talk to, really easy to get along with, spend time with. So she's definitely not high maintenance. And she's like, oh yeah, no, for sure. I'm not high maintenance. And he says, well, good, because all the girls in Miami are high maintenance. And she's like, hmm, so how would you define uh, a high-maintenance woman? What makes a girl high-maintenance? Yeah, this is very dangerous territory <laughs> for Martin. Um, I mean, it's incredible that he came out of this relatively unscathed. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just kind of talks about how he, you know, they just want you to do everything for them and take care of them. Uh, he makes this hilarious comment that um, it's it's... I mean, and maybe this is his experience. I don't know. But I think to the rest of the world, it's this hilarious comment where, you know, oh, uh, you know, men just don't, don't, aren't usually like that. Men don't come expecting to a relationship, expecting, you know, to be taken care of. Uh, ha. Ha. No, it's just hilarious because of how absurd it is. I mean, I think the, I the stereotype is that, you know, you get the man who just wants women to make sandwiches for him. Um, which, I mean, hey, if you ever made me a sandwich, I probably wouldn't like it because you'd use shredded cheese and not sandwich sliced cheese. But Thank goodness you make me sandwiches. Yeah. Hashtag smash the patriarchy. Um, yeah. But yeah, he... Uh, someta- somehow he, he escapes this conversation i wouldn't say he escaped it but he loses conversation like uh and we're thinking oh man martin just shot himself in the foot he's going home uh he looks great in his tux but he really put his foot in his mouth he shot his foot and then put it in his mouth um 
Uh, and then he's like going and talking to the guys, telling him about this dumpster fire that he just participated in. And I think at one point he says like, uh, you know, I think it was just a miscommunication on her end. I'm like, come on, dude. This um, is bad. This is ammunition for them. Yeah. Um, but I feel like he, um, you know, I guess trust them too much. Olu is not about it. He doesn't trust him. Olu is the truth teller of the season. He tells it like it is. Solid pick on Rose on uh, the Rose League, uh, where you get points for people talking crap about other contestants. So true. And if Olu doesn't like you, nobody likes you. I don't mm. like you. I'm telling you, Olu with the savage takes, never wrong. No, he's really not. Uh, but it's time for the rose ceremony. Um, Joe Clayton and Nate have their date roses and so there are six men or seven men left um because there were 10 there were 11 chris went home three seven men left look at that math um so first rose goes to rick i said this is a statement first rose rick solidified hometown (laughs) fight me um i i mean i think rick is gonna go to the hometowns for sure um then olu and brandon and then Martin, they didn't even save him for the end, which was shocking. I was so mad. And then Rodney. I mean, I think that's where it's like you got to do Martin last because we think he's going home. Um, but then, you know, Leroy, who we seems like a great guy, great style, just no screen time. Uh, not even, not even, I mean, Casey had a lot of screen time, but it wasn't with Michelle. It was, you know, he was the narrator. He was the the foreman of the of the group and he was just telling, narrating what was going on. and um, But unfortunately, our boy Casey also did not receive a rose. Um, no surprises here, I don't think, except for Martin. But he's had, he had a one-on-one, and that's a lot more staying power than uh, no interaction shown with Michelle. So anything else on this whole episode? I think my final rose is that... These guys are truly like onions. They've got a lot of layers, good and bad. And I feel like every episode we're peeling back something new. And there's just a lot of unpredictability in many ways. But then there's also like some predictability in the sense that I thought Martin was sus. He looked relatively good on his one-on-one and kind of redeemed himself. But I was still suspicious. And then here he kind of messes up. And so I think that there's just going to be those ebbs and flows for the rest of the season. And we'll see which guys are able to get through that and repair their reputation and make it to the end with Michelle and which guys end up shooting themselves in the foot and are not able to recover. So I think that there's just going to be a lot of that on this season. Yeah, I mean, here's here's my here's my take on how Rick will be the winner of this season. Okay, we're going to I'm going to take this I'm going to take us down this path a little bit. Okay, so here's my analysis. Obviously, you've got are two front runners, but here's here's the issue with both of them. I think that Nate is too cool. I think that when it when push comes to shove and it's time for serious stuff, when it's time to, you know, pick out a ring, I think he's just too cool. He is not ready to settle down. Uh, and I think that she's gonna pick up on this. And even though they have great chemistry and they have a lot of fun together, uh, he is going to uh trip and fall at the finish line because he's not gonna be able to get there i think that um joe 
is going to struggle to give her what she's needing emotionally. Uh, I mean, he's shown that he can open up, but I think that she is going to psych herself out that he's not going to be as emotionally available as she wants him to be. And uh, the man who is then next in front addresses both of these problems. Rick has emotional depth and maturity. He's very serious and he's not going to chicken out when push comes to shove. He is going to be picking out a ring with Neil Lane and he's going to propose to her at the end. She's going to be sad because she's not going to know if, if Joe, who is going to be the the second place, if, if it's going to be what she's going to do because uh, she thinks that she has the most natural connection with him, which is certainly true compared to Rick. Um, but you know, it's, it's going to come down to, she's going to accept Rick's proposal and this is here. I stand. I can do no other. Nail those 95 theses on the church door. Okay. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is pretty good. I think unless Olu rises to the top with some more power moves and maybe a good one-on-one in this next episode, we'll see. No, I think, well, maybe, I mean, next episode seems to be, I mean, sur- surely this is going to be where Clayton makes his, his bachelor audition. <laughs> he's going to get his one-on-one. This is where, cause if not now, I mean, he's not going to like, I don't, he's not top four. We'll see. There's no way. And so it's got to be this episode that he really shines but and shows Brandon, us why he should be the yeah, bachelor. Brandon probably has to get a one-on-one, so maybe Olu won't. Yeah, I mean, so you have, what, eight guys left? Um, we don't eliminate half of them. We get on to six probably, right? Yeah. Next episode. So, I mean, Martin's going home. <laughs> like, that's obvious to me. And then probably Olu or Brandon. And so uh, I think that, yeah, Clayton will probably make it to the top six, but then he'll go home after that. He won't make it to, to hometowns. Um, but he'll have a spectacular performance on his one-on-one. It'll be great. Um, and probably enough to make it like, wow, this guy, we're excited to see him ba- see him as Bachelor, but he really hasn't done a lot yet except for be a Viking. You know, I want Martin and Olu to go on a two-on-one. Ooh, okay. See, so here's... You know, I don't think that... I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. They're... As, as a relative novice of the show... Um, I, I hear about two-on-ones. I understand the concept, but I'm not sure that I've really ever seen a legit two-on-one. I mean, thinking back to Sean Lowe's season, I don't think that had a two-on-one. Um, I think that the closest we I've seen is that Peter did like a three-on-one with Kelly and Victoria F., and Hannah, Hannah Ann? I don't really, I don't remember who the third one was, but I'm pretty sure it was Victoria F. I don't know. And Kelly gets sent home, which is just hilarious because she's there. They've got these like bits of her saying that like she's a lawyer or she's an attorney. And I don't know. She's like acting like she, or at least we're, it's presented to us like she's acting like she's above them all. Anyway, great season. Um, all time cluster of a season. Peter Weber. Um, <laughs> biggest doofus that i've ever seen on television um so entertaining it was my first ever season so a special place in my heart um but yeah anyway so i think that uh the path forward is a little bit hazy but we have clear front runners and then a clear winner in rick well we'll see if your predictions come true and so much more next week thank you so much for tuning in and listening 
Please follow us on Instagram at Long Haul Podcast and send us any questions or comments that you have, uh, especially about our analyses and our final roses to see if we've got the same picks as you. Um, continue to rate us, um, share us with your friends. We just love to reach more of Bachelor Nation. Thank you so much for your support and have a wonderful week. This has been In It for the Long Haul with Lexi and Zeke. Bye now.